It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. All right, rolling on 4 o'clock hour. Justin Watkins is here. We're doing the show live on a Tuesday from the Battleborn Broadcast Center. The rest of the week, Thomas and Max, Silver Sevens, then Treasure Island. John Von Tobel is the company. What's going on, buddy? Um, here. There One foot go. in front of the other. Yeah, Let's go. Right. Yes. So, <laughs> John just got back from a little vacation in California and encountered weather. Yeah. Which he doesn't get a lot of weather. Blizzard warning, dude. It was crazy. Yeah, you picked like the worst time to be in California in the last, what, decades? It was great. Loved it. Yeah. I like rain, so I'm in. Okay. Grapple. Is it? Yeah, grapple. Grapple. Yeah, we talked about that last yeah. week. Uh, is it bad to throw out that line when it's raining like hell here? Like, we need it. I always feel yeah. like people are going to look at me like I have three heads, and I'm like, we kind of need it. Uh, I think everybody understands that here, right? I think I, I don't think people complain about the rain too much here. Now, this winter, I have to say, has been unlike any – I've lived here my whole life. I don't remember a winter like this where it has stayed this cold yep. and this wet for this long consistently. I mean, we've had some really cold and colder winters, but you get a spike up into the 60s and 70s for a couple weeks, yep. then it drops back down, then it comes back up. This has just been cold. There's been no sun. Like yeah. when the sun comes out, I'm like, oh yeah. And I'll tell you who it's really affected, Ari. You yeah. need sun. Well, and you know, like so uh, do I. I was talking to some friends so and they're wife. like, you know, I normally hate the summer, but I'm really looking forward to I it know. now. Like they well, that's want- why when people when people have this discussion, I forget there's someone oh, uh, Matt Never, who I get to do some TV games with for UNLV women, uh, mostly the men this year, and football. Um, I think it's him. Um, no, you know, it's um, why do I tell stories when I can't remember anything? It's it's actually why Tom Jack, who does the women's, says he loves he loves the inclement weather, the colder weather, and not the hot weather. Like I am twenty five years into this thing in Vegas. Like give me one hundred and fifteen over forty three. Why it's forty three Midwest, sucks. isn't he? I know why it. I think he's from like the Midwest, doesn't he? Something like that. You know, I think he spent a lot of time here. His dad was yeah. a trainer for UNLV basketball forever. Yeah. But you're right. You're right. He, there's some Michigan ties or something. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think here this year, this winter, I'm happy to see it because, I mean, it's it's going to be meaningful. It's not like it's just cold for no reason. It's cold and it's been wet and the snowpack's been awesome. And so, like, you're going to see a difference in Lake Powell. You probably won't see a difference in Lake Mead because they won't let it get that because Lake Powell is in such an emergency situation that they'll, you know, fill that up before they ever let any water come back down to Lake Mead. But it is important for us to get that kind of water and, and we're going to get it. So I'm happy to see it, but I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to move on and get into spring. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the big four at four. Number four. Well, hot topic from a year ago. We talked a lot about this uh, Saudi golf league and all the stars, older stars, current stars going and just cashing in. Uh, John, where are you on this? Because it actually rolled out on TV on the CW. By the way, I had really had no idea uh, that it was on the CW. 26 metered markets, a 0.2 overnight rating for live okay. golf. Not oh. very great. All right. We're going to base. Um, we're going to. Are going to base the future of, of live on one week? Well, no. I mean, you, some time. their YouTube numbers haven't been that good either. So that's part of the problem. That's a more accessible platform you can access literally anywhere. And it has been very good. I, I think there's a lesson here that one, you can't just throw money at something and expect it to be really successful. Also, I wouldn't build my league around the biggest D bags of golf. It's probably not the most attractive platform, right? Like those are no real likable characters there. I think it's a really big issue for them. You know, Las Vegas sponsor of the CW for Live Golf, Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Okay. <laughs> so that, that oh, point, the no. point two just kills me. The point two 
who just kills me. Oh, boy. Go ahead, John. Keep going. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will say, how about this, though? The, the fact that it has been found that these, these golfers who are eligible can now participate in the majors, that also hurts them, too, right? Yeah. So, like, for example, your appeal was like, like, if you're a really big Dustin Johnson fan, like, we have Dustin Johnson. Well, actually, Dustin Johnson can play in the in the Masters now. So, like, okay, cool. I'll just go watch him on golf's biggest stage. Like, it's not really that big of a deal. I think that's really hurt him. Yep. No, I'm with you. You should really you foresee like, that kind of thing. Like it feels like you're broken. Yeah. With John's delivery of the ratings. Yeah. Well, Boy, every week we'll have new ratings in. Hopefully they go up. Let's just assess it every Is week. Is it a week-to-week deal, or yeah. how long do you sign a deal for? Yeah, I think the whole season. I feel uh, like you should really. <laughs> I don't know. I think the whole season. I'm blaming this one on Matt. Matt's the golfer. Matt, Matt, Matt was all over this. He thought it was a good idea. Number three. Did you fire Matt? I'm kind of afraid to fire his partner. Uh, all right, so I'm afraid to go behind the curtain here on TV because we just did for a second. But uh, this one's kind of interesting. Would you call this an embrace debate situation or kind of the way things work in television? Because it doesn't work this way in radio. No, I, well, I think what the situation was was the producers actually were looking around at what's happening going, this is really stupid. We need somebody with logic to kind of come in here. That the information putting they're putting out is dumb. So the, right. the discussion was what? So the, the conversation was on NBA. I think it's NBA Today on ESPN. Was would you give the Lakers, who would you pick in a series against uh, the Denver Nuggets and the Memphis Grizzlies for the Los Angeles Lakers if it was played today? Obviously, the concept is that the Lakers would be on the road for that series. And it did not go well in terms of, let's just say, a skew of who would pick what side or the other. Here's Zach Lowe. I got a call from the producers at 1.15 p.m saying, hey, so we just pulled everyone on the show today, like all four panelists on the show. Today, right now, if the Lakers played the Nuggets in a first-round playoff series, or if the Lakers played the Grizzlies in a first-round playoff series, who would you pick? Four for four, Lakers over Nuggets, Lakers over Grizzlies. And the producers called me and said, do you think that's a little off? And would you like to come on the show and say that that's a little up? I said, I, I do think it's a little off, but I can't come on the show today. Wow. Someone actually saying no to a TV request. Unheard of. They had to call one of their smartest basketball analysts to go, can you talk some sense into some of these people, please? Because this they, looks but ridiculous. But they had a good panel. It was, uh, it was Ramona. Who's got was, a lot of strong L.A. ties. It was Mark Spears, kind of a California guy. <laughs> of course. Go on. So this is what happens sometimes on podcasts and, and TV, but especially on TV where they're like, okay, we got to embrace a little debate here. Not even embrace debate. This is my issue with it because a lot of people look at this and go, oh, ESPN loves the Lakers. Like, this is exactly what they do. I think this is more of you can't be prisoner of the moment when it comes to these things. Like, yes, did they get, and this was right after the Mavericks game. Did they get a good win over the Dallas Mavericks? Yes, they did. Are they constructed to win a title and beat the number one and number two seeds to the point where everybody would pick them to win it? No, they're not. And so I don't know if it's a ESPN loves the Lakers bit or if it's just a nobody can view anything with nuance anymore. And the most recent thing that happened has to be the thing that's going to happen the rest of the way. Number two. So I mentioned John was on vacation. I don't have kids. I've never had kids. Justin has kids. So I'm sure he's been, we know he's been on vacation with the kids. Your kids are little though, John. And you went to California and you went where? So uh, we went to Universal Studios. I'd never been before. So it was cool. First off, smart move. We left the littlest one with her mom. So he actually was up in the Fresno area. We drove down to LA with just Diego, which is our oldest kid. How old is he? Turning five. Yeah, this year. Uh, That's how math works. Is that a good age? I don't think. Uh, I mean, you know, I got strong opinions on this stuff. Well, that's why we I, have it on the yeah, show. Uh, yeah, you're I, a parent. I, John's a parent. I didn't. I didn't bring my kids to Disneyland, Universal Studios, or anything until they were at an age where I knew they would be able to remember it. So, what age is that? So, the first time we went, 
They were six and eight. My six-year-old does still ba- barely remember it. That was Disneyland. We did Universal Studios years later, eight and ten. Right. Um, and, you know, free tip, everything about the the personal concierge VIP pass to Universal Studios is worth every single penny. Yeah. Every single penny. They feed you. You go right to the front of every line. You get a tour of like the back. You go through all these back alleyways and in uh, underneath all the rides. And they tell you the whole story and how it's all built. And it's not crazy expensive. It's affordable as compared because I've as compared to what I, all else I find costs. out about yeah. the about Disney is on TikTok where people are complaining constantly about all the the perks they used to pay for have gone through the roof. Well, that's the thing is like I I yeah you could what do you get in for Disney now or I don't even know it's like two hundred bucks right yeah. like two hundred dollars to get in. And then you gotta, if you're gonna do the fast pass, it's a couple hundred bucks. And if you're gonna eat, it's gonna be a couple hundred bucks. And so you're gonna end up spending, you know, if you've got a family of four, that's what I've got, you're gonna end up spending $1,500 to $2,000 just on your typical experience. When we went to Universal Studios and we paid for that pass, it was 750 bucks per person. So just over 2,000, mm-hmm. but we didn't wait in any lines. We were fed the whole time. It was a, it was not, park food it was real food in a diner like it it was worth it it was worth the extra 500 to a thousand dollars and we haven't had to go back since we went once they had the whole experience we haven't had to go back now john for someone on a budget go ahead um well i'm rich uh so all of that i was like cool we can do that uh no so here's the thing actually so first off with the kids i thought you were gonna go with the behavior angle because my kid was actually awesome like he stood in lines there was no problem and the reason we took him is they just opened a Super Nintendo World. This That was opening weeks. And he really wanted to go because he saw something for it. So, we, so that's why we took him. Here's the problem with the actual thing, though. Uh, first off, I want to go back because I didn't realize they had like that downtown-ish area going in that looks awesome for mm-hmm. an adult to kind of experience yeah. and go out there. So we get there, right? First off, it's it's the weather, as we've talked about, was terrible. So we get there, and it starts to kind of like patter a little bit with the terms of the rain. So we're waiting for, is it called the lower lot to open, yeah. right, where you go down? The skies open up. It starts hailing while we're waiting to get a hailing while we're trying to get into the lower lot. I'm in shorts and a UNLV hoodie, like nothing else. My wife's only got like this light pullover on. We had to spend $250 oh. at the Harry Potter merch store because the only one that was open to get like gloves and an umbrella and all this. So it started off as a nightmare. But I will say, outside of the Super Nintendo World, which is the popular attraction because everybody wanted to go, I thought it was awesome. Like, the lines were really short. Everything moved really quickly. The experience was really cool. I don't know if he'll remember it or not. We took a bunch of pictures. He really seemed to enjoy it. So the remember it thing is maybe going to be something. But I actually, I went in thinking it was going to be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> right? But my wife really wanted to do it. And it turned out it was freaking awesome. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, and whether or not you, you like, I think if you're going to try to do this right, you whether or not you've got money or not, you've got a budget for it and, yeah. and do it right. Because like I said, we just added it up and it was going to be $2,000 for me anyway. So it was like 2500 and I got the best experience I could possibly get. So I, I think that's the way to do it. But I'm also, I'm, I'll tell you right now, I'm not a pro. Man, I know there's these Disney pros that have their, literally their map and their color code, yep. coded and where they're going to hit first and how the lines go and all of that stuff. I am not that person. I do not want a vacation that way. You know, um, so there's there's more authorities out there than me. So expensive, though. It is. We had to get these power bands to do the Super Nintendo World. 80 bucks each. Oh, like, oh it see? Was, you only brought three, nuts. and you're going to oh. have to go back. Yep. And by the time you go back with the fourth, you're going to have spent 
four thousand yep. dollars instead of twenty five hundred. But it is a lot cheaper than Disneyland. Tell you that much. Yep. And that's why I liked yep. it so much. The yep. experience was great. And it was way cheaper. Than way Disneyland. better rides for us adults too. Yep. Number one. On to the legal world and the NFL and more dealings with Daniel Snyder. This ugly situation is still hanging over the entire National Football League. Now we've got a loan issue. Can you explain this one, guys? Oh, my God. We got more than a loan issue. I mean, the loan issue is what's being criminally investigated right now. Um, what happened is there was an we didn't know about any of this, but there was three minority owners of the at the time Washington football team. Uh, who had issues with Daniel Snyder, uh, who owned the other 60%. These three that own the 40% are all billionaires. They're not nobodies. They're, they're like the owner and founder of FedEx. You know, like, there's some big players here. They had not had a board of directors meeting, and there are three of the six of the board of directors in years. They were asking for some information from Daniel Snyder. They asked for a board meeting. He's like, no, I'm not doing any of that stuff. Like, no, you don't need any of that. No. And they began to get like kind of suspicious, like what the hell's going on? So they wanted to sell their shares and Daniel Snyder blocked that. Uh, and they're like, why would he want to block us selling their shares? And so long story short, they asked for a bunch of information. He wouldn't give it. They filed for an arbitration. And in the arbitration, they learned, holy crap, this guy is using the, the Washington football team as his personal slush fund. He's making the, the football team pay him to put the logo on his plane. And they, he's taking out loans without our authority, even right. though it's against the bylaws. Right. And Goodell signed off on it, so the NFL knew about it. Ooh. All right, we got a ton to get into with the story because now he now he's, he's pissed off fellow owners in his organization, owners around the league. This is nuts. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated... It's time for ESPN Las Vegas Legal Insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Justin Watkins here with us. It's uh, his place, Battleborn Broadcast Center. All right, let's continue on what's going on here with Dan Snyder. So, we had allegations last year that Dan Snyder had some weird things going on financially where potentially he wasn't sharing revenues that he's supposed to be sharing with other owners around the league. And at that time, everyone's like, whoa, 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 now this is going to bring him down. Now we find out there's allegations in-house that some of the minority owners don't know what the hell Snyder's doing. And you just mentioned him using it as his personal slush fund. I saw the note about a logo going on his plane that cost the organization four and a half million dollars. The other owners don't know about it. Mm -hmm. And then the biggest thing is what? A $55 million loan. Well, I mean, that's not what started it, right? It's like the $10 million um, salary he was paying himself that they had to pay and they weren't, he, he wasn't disclosing this financial well, information. And the reason why they believe he was blocking the sale to other, to the marketplace of these minority owners was because then they would discover all this stuff, right? They'd ask for the financials. Yeah. But what happened is when they filed this arbitration, they get some of these documents, they see this loan for 55 million. They're like, wait a minute, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to do that under the state law of Virginia. You're not allowed to do it um, in our own bylaws. You can't do that. Um, and so we think that there's some financial improprieties here and Goodell signed off on the loan even though no minority partners did. Bank of America never got the authorization from the, the board of directors, which they acknowledged they should have and had requested. And so then the, the allegation of the minority owners is 
Then the NFL and Goodell moved in and said, let's put this into mediation. Let's get this resolved, pushed them into mediation. And they ultimately reached a resolution where they sold their shares for $875 million, which may be valued somewhere in the two to two and a half billion dollar range now. Wow. So I think that's a big part of all this. Like the whole, they pushed us into mediation. I'm not buying that. Like you are billionaires that own, you know, international companies. You are titans of industry. You're not getting pushed into anything. Like if you've got the goods on Snyder, you got the goods on Snyder. What I think happened is you did have the good goods on Snyder and you thought you got a good deal out of it. You thought you sold for a better price than you had been trying to sell for in 18 and 19. You got it done in 21 and you were happy to get it done. And now it's blown up and you're like, son of a gun, I'm going to put all this out there. I'm going to air the dirty laundry now. And in airing it, the house committee was already investigating because of the, you know, the, the revenue share issue. And they're like, Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. This is, this is against the law. You, this, you've violated the law here on securities. This is serious. And we're going to refer it out to the authorities in Virginia and the attorney general in Virginia is investigating. So I, I'm curious from the bank of America standpoint, how does that happen? Right. Like from the like it for me, I feel like it's just like a rich right. person thing. Right. Yep. If I wanted something personally, I just say like a loan. I'm going to go like, hey, you don't need my financial background. We're good. Right. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. Of course, we'll, we'll pass this. No. So it, they never agreed to pass it. They never agreed to like they were requesting it throughout the time. They were requesting it throughout the time. And somewhere along the way, either it got missed or somebody called in a favor and said, don't worry about it. Who knows exactly what happened there? Um, or you know, maybe Snyder lied and said he had it. Maybe Snyder forged it because they settled the case before Bank of uh, Bank of America ever responded to the subpoena. All Bank of America did, all, all Daniel Snyder did in response to the subpoena is we acknowledge that no such document exists. But he didn't say what he so said to Bank of America or the representation. So there might even be, you know, more fraud there to be found when the attorney general starts getting these records from Bank of America, which they will get. What does this one mean for Dan Snyder, the owner of the commanders tweet yesterday? Uh, Snyder is demanding the NFL and owners indemnify him against future legal liability. If he sells the commanders or he will sue uh, the tweet says angering some owners and renewing talk of removing Snyder. What, what is Snyder asking for? He's just saying, if I get sued and a uh, uh, judgment's against me that the NFL will pay for that judgment. That's what indemnification means. And what could he possibly have as goods of that? <laughs> Goodell suppressing all of this. Goodell signing off on this. The NFL brokering the deal in the first place with knowledge of all of this stuff. And and, and being a, not only knowledge, being a party to all this stuff. So I think Snyder's got some, he's got some stuff here. He might be like, yeah, I, I did wrong. But to the extent I did wrong, it's all through your enabling. So... I'm going to come after you or, or they're going to come after both of us. In any case, if you want me to take the hits here, then and, and keep all this on the friendly and you want me to sell this team, then you're going to pay for any judgments that come against us. So is this finally where Roger Goodell finally finds himself maybe in like a, a, a line of sight in which he gets in some sort of trouble, whatever it is. I feel like we've always been like, Hey, Roger Goodell face the league. He's an idiot. We could do all this. It sounds like he actively participated in this, and there's maybe some recourse coming to this, no? 
I don't know. I mean, now you're starting to dip into the pockets of all the other owners and asking them to pay for Snyder's mistakes. And that's where I think they're saying, wait, why in the world would I have to do that? And what is Goodell and the NFL team going to say in regards to that other than we allowed Snyder to run around unchecked? Now, you might say, just like we let all of you run around unchecked, and if you want us to change that policy moving forward, tell us now, or let's indemnify him and get this done. And I suspect the latter will happen, not the not the former. This is unreal. So somehow this guy could come out of this in decent shape with the league, but on the government end of it, like how much trouble can he get into? Is he going to be able to work his way out of this both on the Fed and state level? Oh, no, this is, I mean, if they are able to prove this up, which seems pretty easy to do, um, I mean, this is jail time stuff. Is it like real jail time stuff though, or is it like rich people jail? Yeah, time rich people. Like, yeah, jail time. Okay. yeah, yeah. It's federal, but it's something. It's federal. It's federal and state white collar crimes. Yeah, yeah. he so absolutely feels like he's untouchable. Yeah, can he pay a price ever? He seems to have largely been untouchable. I mean, I can't believe that these billionaires let themselves be walked all over for a you know multiple years by some guy who is less successful in the business industry than all of them individually. It's like, I don't understand how he has any chops to tell them anything. Well, then he's then he was right, right? When he said, I have information, then he was right. Like, he does. He, he like, does. he's got the pictures. He's got something. Because I'm with you. It never makes any sense. Yeah. He must have a team of advisors and lawyers, maybe not that big, that he pays a lot to. Or is this, because we've heard about situations where, the, the advisors and attorneys do this unreal job, and even they're mistreated yeah. by the rich villain. I mean, I... I Someone's got to be getting rich off of this, giving the advice, unless he is a freaking legal genius. No, no, he's not a legal genius, <laughs> and he has not got, like, lawyers that are better than what these guys are capable of getting themselves, right? That I mean, that's the thing. Um, how this could happen, I, I don't know their relationship. I don't know how they hung out before, during, or after. Um you know, this, this fail failure of a partnership, but you got, maybe he's got stuff that they don't want out there. I don't know. I don't know. But like, how does the owner, the CEO and co-founder of FedEx, FedEx. get pushed right. around yeah. by Daniel freaking Snyder? It's weird. It is weird. It's weird. The buffoonery that goes on way above us. And yet they're super rich and living great lives. We think, um, so let's get to the NCAA. Uh, they are going to have to do something or conferences are going to have to do something to, to rein in NIL to a certain extent. Well, they started to do it. How about those Cavender twins at Miami, these ladies basketball players? How dare they? Yeah, so what the story is, and, and Miami came down with sanctions. The sanctions are against the coach and uh, against the program because what they said is the coach facilitated a meeting between an NIL, I'll say advertiser. They're calling it a booster. It's not the same thing. Right. This is a business that wants to advertise by using the name, image and likeness of a player. So that it's not a booster. They're not giving money to the program. They're giving money directly to an athlete in exchange for services and use of their name and image and likeness. So the coach wanted these girls to transfer from Fresno State to Miami and said you know, the, the allegation is, hey, and we've got this guy who wants to talk to you. And he's legit. You should meet with him. And then the girls met with him over dinner that he paid for. So there's two infractions there. Number one, the coach, the program validating 
and and brokering a yep. meeting between NIL and the can't athlete. Do can't do that. Can't, and you're not allowed to do that. Not allowed to do that. Those are the rules. No, can't do that. Can't do that. And that's and that is enforceable. That's totally within Easy. the NCAA's yeah. jurisdiction yeah. to do that. To say programs, you are not to be. If it happens organically out there in the world, fine. If there's groups, like I'm a part of a group for Oregon State, right? But nobody in the administration, just a group of people who want Oregon State to do well. The we, collective. A collective. We throw the money in the collective, and the collective makes contact with this the athletes and does whatever. Okay, fine. That's all. Got that, questions. That's, that's all okay. Um, the, other, the other infraction that there was was they had an improper meal paid for. They didn't pay for their own meal over and this meeting. They paid for the meal when they weren't officially with Miami. Right. So it looks like it was a recruiting benefit. Exactly. So, and they, the, the girl said, the twin said, it, the meal had no bearing on us transferring. But what the NCAA said in the opinion was, and in the future, we were basically, we reserve the right to disassociate NIL boosters, they called, which again is not appropriate, NIL boosters from schools and from athletes so that they can't do this again in the future. To which the booster, this specific booster said, you try that yep. and I'll see you in court. I knew I was like, they are if they're gonna take on these money people, they are gonna be doggedly determined to stay involved in a program. Like over what? No. Yeah. Let's go to court. Well, and they 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 just they don't have the power to do that. The NCAA's jurisdiction does not govern my relationship with whoever I choose to be an advertiser. And the Supreme Court has already said these players have a right to market their own name, image, and likeness. You can't stand in the way of that. This is so complicated. I don't know how they're going to get through this and put up some guardrails because coaches are really frustrated, but some of them are really benefiting from it. It's a crazy time right now, and it's going to be the wild, wild west for probably another three years or so. John's questions about NIL, some other big issues in the legal world to get to. Justin Watkins is here with us. 766-1400 is a number to call from anywhere in the state of Nevada to Battleborn Injury Lawyers. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins. Only on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Interesting on the NIL. Uh, no issues so far with Ohio State football or Gonzaga basketball, but uh, they got the Cavender twins. They got the lady basketball players down at Miami. And it, it is, it's a legit violation. They kind of clowned on it. Um, but it's going to be really tough to clean this up. Um, how do you think you guys wound up getting uh, DJ Oilingalele to Oregon State? What you guys have to put up there? I just you can he, talk about it. Coach can't. I, I just think the offense was a good fit, and he wants to make the pros. And Clemson wasn't utilizing his skills, and they benched him. So, you know, he's only got two years left. You got to go to the best place that you think is going to get you drafted. And I know Oregon State doesn't historically sound like the best place to get drafted, but our offense is was one quarterback away from having one or no losses this year. I mean. Other than the Utah game, we were there in every single game. We only lost the other two games by three points, um, and we didn't have a quarterback. Yeah, we won a bowl game with throwing like almost zero passes, and we won the Civil War with six passes. A uh, sweet breakdown. So the collective didn't How have much? anything to do with yeah DJ. What are we doing? Seventy-five, one hundred, one hundred fifty. What, what, what cost for DJ? I don't know. I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know who runs the collective. I just throw money into the pot. I'm just a good alumni. I'm looking up some Wait. DJU sponsorship. Did they announce anything yet? Have they announced like who's backing them? 
There's no backing. Well, who the sponsors are? There's not no just, not just the collectors. Mm, had a Dr Pepper deal over at Clemson. Did you guys match that? <laughs> Pepsi, maybe. I don't know. You we gave him, you, you gave him something. Come on. The reality is there, there's a market on almost everyone now. Uh, many players in the transfer portal market. All right. Uh, last couple seconds here. Let's talk about a local story here in Vegas. Just a horrific story where a uh, RJ reporter was murdered by this lunatic, Robert Tellis. And what allegedly. do we have now? Alleged. What allegedly lunatic? Allegedly murdered. No. Oh, okay, that's a good point. Yeah, he's a lunatic, though, based on some of the other stuff we've heard. Um, how about what's happening with his attorney? He is his attorney now. You know, the court allowed him to. He he had, he fired his third attorney um, because he wanted trial to happen sooner. Allegedly, I don't know. I don't know that for a fact, but that was the request. Trial scheduled in November. He fired his attorney. He requested from the court that he be able to represent himself. The court questioned him over the course of 30 minutes, you know, presumably to create the record to show that he is sane and able to make that decision um, because you don't want to create an appealable issue um, by somebody who's clearly unfit to make that decision. But if he's sane, the Supreme Court of the United States has said people have right to, to represent themselves, whether or not they're attorney. He happens to be an attorney, so he has some courtroom experience. He's done a handful of trials. Um, so he presumably knows what he's getting himself into more than most. But the, unless you believe that the person's incapable of making that mental decision themselves, the court has to allow him. It's a, it's a constitutional right. What's that like, like in terms of representing yourself, but in terms of preparation, like obviously I would assume he has access to everything, but also while being held, like the workflow and whatnot in terms of working on his own case. Ted Bunny did it. You, right. you can watch some documentaries. They have footage of it. And he actually did a, a pretty decent job considering representing yourself. Um, and he said, Tellus said that he's going to testify, which is a really weird juxtaposition when you represent yourself um, because you're sort of answering your own questions. What it ends up turning into is sort of a narrative as to what you think happened. Of course, I'm going to make you ask yourself a question and then answer the question. Like walk around the podium, yeah, and ask a question, yeah. and then walk back. They're not going to do that, but they'll allow, they'll allow you to give testimony in narrative form um, and then be cross-examined. 30 seconds left. We always get into a little VGK, but literally 30 seconds left. Should Butchie, as we now know him, uh, should Bruce Cassidy be in the running for coach of the year, like at least top three? I don't think so. Isn't that funny? I think people in Vegas are like, man, it's been a so-so season. Do you realize what they've gone through from an injury standpoint? Uh, not more than what you know PDB did last year, and at the same point, they weren't that far off. So, you know, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I think he's done a, I think he's done a fine job. But okay. like we had I, Darren Pang on yesterday, and he's, he's good buddies with him. But he was like, maybe he should be considered for the Jack Adams. I don't know. I was, there's been, there's been some other teams. I mean, how, how do you not give it to the Boston Bruins? Well, that's going to be the leader yeah. right now in the clubhouse because they're having a monster season. I was just love what is considered me. Like, okay, yes, we've considered it. He's not winning it. Okay, yeah. well, top, top four <laughs> candidate means he's doing a good job. All right, seven six six fourteen hundred is the number to call from anywhere in the state of Nevada to reach Matt and Justin here at Battleborn Injury Alert. It's Cofield and Company's eye on sports betting, betting, betting. with Sammy P. Sammy P. All right, let's get into it. National Gambling Spot, we do every Tuesday with Sam Paniotovich from uh, Fox Sports and also Nesson. Sam, what's going on, buddy? Betting against Damian Lillard tonight, pal. I need him under 37 and a half. Yeah, let's talk about this because you gave a uh, little advice to people about uh, making sure that you don't get duped after a big game, like a 71-point game, where all of a sudden the numbers all go up uh, for you know a high scorer like that, and then people are pushing back on you. And I thought your advice was helpful. Like, don't, don't play it at the wrong time. 
it's not just one big game. I mean, he's been going off for about 10 straight, which, again, is not a big sample size. He's averaging 40 points in the last 10 games. But what he does against Team A doesn't mean it's going to happen against Team B. And, you know, when you think about it in a vacuum, this guy's player prop coming into the season was about 29 and a half, 30 and a half. And it's been knocked up. It's been in the low 30s. I saw a 35 and a half last week or so, and that's all fine and dandy. But the number tonight is just astronomically high. This is the highest player prop of the entire season in terms of points. And I don't know, JBT, it's one of the highest I've ever seen Mm -hmm. since player props became a thing. You know, we don't have to go that far back. It's like five, six years or so. But 37 and a half is his over under. And I'm able to go under at minus 110. He could score 36 points, be the best player on the floor, and you're still not going to win that bet. And I just, I can't tell people to bet over the ceiling. Like, this is above the ceiling. This is the roof. You know, it's unbelievable how high this has gotten. And yet, the common response of my mentions is, he scored 71 Saturday. I'm like, yes, I'm aware that that happened. Thank you. Well, it's also, to your point, Sam, like everything that you said is true. And you also go through this run that he's been on, the Rockets, the Kings, the Wizards. Like, these are all teams that don't play a lot of defense. Warriors without Steph Curry are a better defensive team. Like, so everything you've said, and on top of it, like, you have to take these runs with some context in terms of the way he's been scoring. Yeah, and he's been wide open, you know, shooting threes against a lot of bum teams. Like you said, I mean, Houston's the worst team in the league, and that's not opinion That's a fact. They have the worst record in the NBA, and they're one of the worst defensive teams in the last five years. And I'm like, people are like, well, why are you going at these people? I'm like, first of all, they're coming at me. I'm not just going at them, you know? And then, like, this one guy's like, he's hit this mark in seven of 10 games. And I quoted him, and I put, yeah, he's also scored 13, 16, 17, 19, 19, 19. And I I put out all the scores under 37 and a half. And I go, I can look at box scores too. You know, if you want to give me he's hit this in 7 of 10, okay, well, he hasn't hit it in 32 of 47. Which number is more important, the big one or the little one? Mm -hmm. Really quick, because we're talking about the Kings, or excuse me, the Kings, the Rockets. When you're talking about some of these teams now down this stretch, Rockets, Spurs, Hornets will throw in there, Pistons now. I I think one of the interesting things, you'll see a lot of people who are getting to the NBA now go, oh, these teams are tanking. Let's start fading. Let's like a lot of this is priced in the market. Has that been something that's come up in your research a lot in terms of how you handle some of these teams that want to compete for one of those top three spots in terms of odds for the top pick? Yeah. What is this? uh, The Gail Alexander show now? We're just going to bet against all these teams. uh, Moneyline. Um, Moneyline parlays. And they all, by the way, all three of them play tonight, Tim. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, Houston's awful. San Antonio's awful. Detroit is as awful. I mean, you're right. The thing is, it's, you know, and I talk to guys that make these numbers like Jeff Sherman and and uh, some of the guys in Vegas that that move the NBA markets. And they're like, look, we just tack on a couple points. Um, problem is, it doesn't really matter. Like if a team's that bad, if the spread's 10 or 12, they, they could still lose by 30. Um, so, look, I think there's some validity to that, to going against the worst teams in the league. Um, in the right spots, but you know me, JBT. I'm not a big NBA day-to-day guy. I, mm-hmm. I really struggle um, keeping a pulse on that league. Like I, I pride myself in college football and basketball. I do pretty well in hockey. Um, baseball's a, a pretty decent sport, but the NBA, like betting the NBA in February and March, has never been good for me. So I stay away from the sides and totals for the most part. 
Um, but when I see a number that's just outrageous, like again, back to that Lillard number tonight, you know, going over 37 and a half is like buying a stock at 60 when it was 40 a month ago. And you're like, Oh, I kind of like the stock at 60. Like, yeah, well it's, it's gone up. Like there's a reason you like it from where it was to where it is. So, uh, I didn't really answer your question. I kind of dodged it, but I mean, these, these teams in the NBA, man, are just, they're so bad. And, and the defense has been porous. I mean, more than ever. The defense gets worse, it feels like, every single season. These guys are just shooting uncontested threes every single night. It's crazy. Did you have the discussion on Nesson about uh, some of the bird comments by J.J. Redick about the defense being worse now than it was in the 80s? No, we no, we don't touch stuff like that. They save okay. that for talk radio out here in Boston. I mean, basically, we talk about the numbers and the lines and, and why things are moving. What did, exa- what did he say exactly? Uh, well, Mad Dog uh, Russo out of New York and Reddick got into it about 10 days ago because Mad Dog was saying the defense was better in the 80s. It was more physical. And he also said that Larry Bird was a top five three-point shooter of all time. Bird shot 37.5% for his career from three, not volume, you know, not a volume guy. But uh, I mean, I've been pushing back on the other side. Like I was alive in the 80s and we can go back and watch video. The defense in the early to mid 80s was not better. It sucked. They never freaking covered picks. Um, it is better and more physical now. But then I just heard you say that it's getting worse every year. So that piqued my interest on the topic. Well, I mean, the worst teams are getting worse. I mean, some yeah. of the some of the top teams, you know, like Milwaukee is a very good defensive team. There are still some some solid defensive teams in this league. But yeah. I think the bottom is so bad in the NBA right now. And, and to to further that point, like, how many guys, JBT, how many guys you're building the roster right now and you could take X amount of guys from Houston? How many guys do you want from that team? I'd say one, one and a half. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem. Like, you got 12 guys on the roster and you only want one of them. Oh, by the way, I put together that Moneyland parlay that you were talking about with uh, the Nuggets, the Jazz, right. and the Mavs tonight. Smallest numbers, minus 400. It is uh, a three-leg parlay at minus 138. Yep. So I don't play. And it probably wins. It probably wins. I'm doing it. Yeah, you, I mean, you can play it. Like, you, you know, the problem is, again, so like what, <laughs> what Sam just said for everybody who's listening to, yeah. it's not just like putting a couple more points on the spread. They're also putting a few more cents on the money line prices too. Right, right. So you, like you, in terms of what you're betting into, to use Sam's thing with like the stocks, you're betting into a market that's everything that you're thinking has already been considered and has already been put in there. So while it might win, like I Sam it, said, yeah you're not getting the discount even though the result is going to be what you what you want it to be right i'm going to beat the book i have an edge they're not paying attention they're paying attention right. and and they're and they're taxing you heavily for it uh one more thing that i saw sam and sam penny obviously with us up on your um your twitter account it's at sp shoot was you going back and forth with someone on trying to bet what the ncaa tournament and a guy said why would you bet on a team to do well in a tournament that's horrendous on the road blah 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 blah, blah. um i don't think you made the bet because of what in the end it was some sort of goofy avatar what was that conversation about? Uh, do you remember which team it was about? Yeah, we were discussing Providence. And yeah. look, again, I don't think Providence is going to win a national title, but I-, I like them more than last year when they went to the Sweet 16. They took Kansas down to the wire, lost by, I think, five points. A lot of those guys are back. They also added Bryce Hopkins, the transfer from Kentucky. They added a couple other high-level transfers, and they played in a pretty deep Big East this year. And the the narrative I was trying to drive was always be shopping because if you look at book ABC, you can get Providence at 15, 16, 20 to one to make the final four. But one book out here in Connecticut, about a 90 minute drive from me in Boston is dealing Providence at 31 to one. 
And I'm like, look, if you're going to bet them to make the final four, why would you bet 15 or 18 when you can bet 31? And you always have these wise asses that are like, well, it it should be 50. Obviously, it shouldn't be 50. (laughs) You know, like, and he's like, I'll give you 50 to one. And the guy's got 15 followers and he's got a Pokemon profile picture. Which Pokemon? uh let's see i don't well, know the this. exact name uh gengar okay you know you know don't act like you well because that's his name is is like hill gengar hilly gengar you mean gengar the third evolution of the ghost pokemon that don't, starts with ghastly don't, yeah, don't okay. do this this show is for adults please that's the one i think <laughs> but i i love when when people tell me what the odds should be yeah when we literally have a consensus number amongst five or six sports books like the consensus providence number to make the final four is 22 to one. So I'm going to go get the best number at 31 to one. And you're going to tell me that well, it should be 50. Obviously it shouldn't be 50 morons. This is probably a good time of year to try to find some teams that aren't playing great basketball. Tell me if I'm flawed in this logic. They're not playing great basketball, but you know, they're going to make the NCAA tournament. Um, is there some value there or do we just honor what's going on in terms of momentum and they're a terrible bet? Um, well, I can take this a couple different ways. Let me start with, you know, teams that I think are legit title contenders. And I, every conversation I have about the tournament, the last four tournaments has centered around the big 12. Let, let's go back to the last three tournaments, for example, because we missed the 2020 because of COVID in 2019, Texas tech goes all the way to the final loses the Virginia, uh, in 2021, Baylor wins it in 2022, Kansas wins it. And all of the metrics and the advanced RPI and straight to schedule and all that stuff favors the Big 12. And, yeah, I like Kansas. I had them to win the title last year, 20-1. to 1. Do I like them again this year? Not really. But if you look at other teams out of that conference, Baylor, you can find it 20-1. to 1. And they've made a couple lineup changes. They're, they're playing basically four out right now on offense. Their defense has been a lot better, but they're hitting their shots. And, and that zone is going to be a problem come tournament time. Like if Baylor faces a team like Iowa, forget it. Cause Baylor's going to just manhandle them. You can get Baylor at 20 to one. You can get Texas at 30 to one. Now, again, you don't need these teams to win the national title. If they get into the elite eight or final four, you could bet off it. You could hedge it. You could bet other teams in the field. I think you look at teams like Baylor and Texas to potentially make deep runs. And then if you like sleepers, Steve, I don't like sleepers to win the title. I love this final four market, man. Like you could take a team like North Carolina right now. Mm -hmm. They're on the bubble, but if they get in, they have the talent to go to the final four. Yeah, of course. North Carolina, 30 to one to go to the final four. I mentioned Providence, 31 to one. How about Texas Tech, 35 to one? You know, you can take teams in different ways. I don't think Texas Tech can win the national title, but can they go to the Sweet 16 Elite Eight? Absolutely, they can. And if they do, you're in a great position with 33, 35 to 1 to make the final four. Are either one of you guys really getting into putting down some bets on, you know, number one pick in the NFL draft? Um, tell me if like Bryce Young over unders are available yet. And, you know, first, did I already say first quarterback selected, whatever slots where they could be selected? Are you getting into it, John? Uh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the opportunity because now it's starting, right? Bryce Young, he's short. Uh, you never know. Right. Teams are going to start. So you get this momentum. If there's going to be a point where the price starts to get watered down on them, they get closer to like even money, something like that, minus 110, that's when I'm going to do it. Sam, you talk to bookmakers all the time. When bookmakers are making these numbers, do they factor in what's going on from a a public standpoint, the narrative? 
I don't think they're fo- they're focusing on the narrative. I mean, first and foremost, they're looking at the bets that are coming in from respected players. But they also they move this stuff on information, you know. And I was texting with a couple guys this week. I was told by somebody that works in the NFL that he says when Bryce Young measures at at the combine and he's over two hundred pounds and what do you see him with his shirt off? Like scouts are going to salivate because he looks like a three hundred character. And then the price is going to go the other way. I, I don't think the height is a big deal, whether he's five ten or five eleven or six foot. This guy makes plays, man, and he stays in the pocket, and he's done it in the best conference in college football. Um, and you, you've seen guys like Russell Wilson have success. So, I look, we've seen a lot of six four, six five quarterbacks that blow, mm-hmm. right? It's like, wow, look at them. They look like a statue, but they're not good. You know, you want guys that win big games, and that's what Bryce Young is. I think he goes first. I don't know who takes him, but he's going one. Colts. Sam, you are the man. Yeah, as uh, John mumbles in the background, Colts, Colts, Colts. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> See ya. See you, man. Colts. If only I could pick Jim Mercer's brain about it. I know. We had him all lined up. He's got his uh, his collection coming to town, the all-star band. All I'll be there. Five o'clock hours on the way.